Hey, this is Jeff Milo. I have a new show called My Local, a weekly one-hour showcase of the vibrant Michigan music scene spanning diverse genres of rock, indie pop, folk, soul, and beyond. Celebrate music from the mitten on My Local, Tuesday at 9 p.m. on 1019 WDET. This is Mishmash, a weekly conversation where we try to unjumble an important and sometimes under-the-radar statewide story that affects you. I'm Shayna Roth, and as promised last week in the podcast, I'm joined again this week by Gong War Managing Editor Alethea Kasbin. Alethea, welcome back. Hey, Shayna. Happy Friday. Lots of news to unpack today. It is, as (laughs) ever, a very busy week. (laughs) But we are going to stay focused for right now on the budget, as we also promised to those who listen to the podcast. So today we're talking about the budget. The state, House, and Senate are really a week away from the budget deadline. Uh, Alethea, how is it looking with that deadline? It's looking like they're going to take it down to the wire uh, (laughs) at the very least. So the Senate is not coming back until Thursday next week, which is a day before the deadline. And they could potentially vote on the budget that day, but nothing uh, just yet is set in stone. So we'll see. I think, you know, everyone's goal on the House and the Senate side is to finish the budget by July 1. But as we talked about last week, there's really no enforcement in this deadline. So we'll see if they you know, end up running right past it. Where do things stand with the budget right now as far as sticking points? And let's start with the state education budget. So the education budget, you know, I think that's the one where we, we see the most agreement in general. So, you know, last year, if you remember, <laughs> they didn't get the full budget done, but the um, you know, did it did move through while the other budgets were held back. So I think if I were someone in an education group, I would feel relatively confident that maybe they'll get that one done. But the main sticking point when we're talking about the overall budget is, you know, really this extra money that the state has. Revenues have been higher than expected for the last two years or so. And that means that there's a lot of decisions that need to be made because this money is also thought to be temporary. No one really knows when we will move from sort of this COVID economy where people are buying more things, which is increasing our sales tax, which is where a lot of this extra money is coming from, when we'll kind of go back to like a more services-based economy where people are going out and doing things and not you know, paying as much sales tax. People expect that to end at some point. So this extra money is thought to be one time. So there's conversations about you know programming, debt relief, things like that, that we can use this money for, but won't be an anchor down on the budget, but then also tax cuts because it's an election year. (laughs) We have (laughs) extra money. The governor, the Republican majorities, they, you know, everyone agrees that they want to do some sort of tax cut. The question remains, what will it look like? How much will it cost? Uh, And they are fairly far apart on that. There's some overlap, but I think the Republicans have said they want to go bigger the governor is trying to be, you know, a little bit lower and they just have not come to an agreement on that yet. It's worth mentioning amidst all of this partisan divide that the legislature and Governor Whitmer did find some common ground recently when it came to child care. So on Thursday, Governor Whitmer signed bills to expand access to affordable child care and get rid of some of the red tape put on daycares and other child care businesses. Uh, a lot of people in the child care industry saw this as a win. 
But how are things looking as far as discussions and partisan agreement when it comes to the budget? Are they going to find common ground or is everybody going to walk away upset? When we're talking about sort of the child care bills and the budget, I would just say if the child care bills were a couple years in the making. They involved a work group <laughs> that had, you know, people yeah. from the governor's office. You know, you just have a lot more time for policy. And it kind of shows that they can, you know, negotiate and get things done. And I do think they're negotiating. They're talking. This is not like a couple of years ago where we were trying to get the budget done. It wasn't happening and no one was talking. Like there was just very steep disagreement and everyone was, you know, throwing insults at the other one. That is not the situation that we're in now. Uh, You know, talks have not fallen apart. People are negotiating. It's just, you know, it takes time and it, you know, nothing moves fast enough in Lansing and the budget is a little bit different because there is a hard and fast, you know, deadline, even if it's not July one, you know, you need to get it done by October. So I think, you know, what, what we'll probably see this week is not an agreement just yet on the tax cut piece. I think we'll see the legislature potentially move a budget that's, you know, the department's education and is more of a traditional budget as if we didn't have, you know, billions and extra dollars. And then they could come back potentially in the fall, maybe in the summer, whenever they agree to kind of deal with the tax cut. And, you know, if they want to do debt relief or, you know, one-time funding infusions into certain areas with uh, extra money. So where does this leave us? I mean, there isn't actually really a deterrent in the law that requires the budgets be finished by July 1st, but there's still some stakes here, right? Yeah. So schools and local governments start their fiscal years on July 1. So, you know, if you were you know, one of those groups, you might be a little anxious kind of waiting to see what your budget is going to look like. And, you know, there is the legislature did also put this deadline into law. So they obviously want to meet it. They don't want to just put a deadline on themselves and iron it out in statute and then never meet it. And if you remember under, you know, Republican Governor Snyder, it was always, you know, this big deal that they got the budget done, you know, by July. Um, You know, that was something that they really like to brag about. So they certainly want to do the budget by July 1, but they haven't, you know, under Governor Whitmer at all. They have not been able to finish the budget by July 1. It's normally been in the fall. So, you know, there, there are some political and timing logistics here, but, you know, the, the stakes of not getting it done by July 1 really aren't super high, I think, to like rank and file legislators. Let's move on to what else is going on in the legislature. As we've said before, they're going on vacation soon, so we might as well just put them under a microscope. Alethea, there's a poll challenger training bill that passed the House, and it's actually a repeat of a bill that Governor Whitmer vetoed last year. What is this, and do you think it's going to survive her veto pen this time around? So the bill is, you know, pretty much the same as what the governor vetoed in October, and it passed, you know, overwhelmingly with Democrats and Republicans in support. Essentially, you know, this just requires some uh, universal training for groups that recruit poll challengers um, to work on, you know, election day and after as votes are counted. The governor said that she vetoed this because she didn't think that it was funded, that it was basically like an unfunded mandate for the Department of State. So the House, you know, worked with the Department of State and added, you know, a tie bar to a budget bill that would fund this program. So I think, 
you know, with Demo- a lot of Democrats voting in support, the Department of State is neutral, which in jargony political speak is like, it could be supportive um, when you say that you're neutral. Uh, departments like to say that they're neutral a lot. So I think it has a better shot this time around, you know, if, of course, the Senate still has to act. So we'll see if they um, decide that they want to to move this forward as well. Let's talk about texting while driving. There are some bills that would add uh, more penalties for texting while driving. Uh, they've never really gotten that far in the past, these types of bills, but they've moved out of Senate committee this week. Talk us through what these bills would do and why is it that they've never really gotten that far? I think a lot of people agree that it's a bad idea to be on your phone while driving. Yeah, so this issue is absolutely fascinating to me. Um, It's been, you know, around in the legislature since really 2017. A Republican brought up a bill um, that was much harsher than the current iterations that we see now, and it just got complete pushback and, you know, did not ever even make it out of committee, as I recall. And the concerns are just, which I was very surprised to hear at the time when this first came up, but there's this idea that like you're, you know, interfering with people's freedoms to, you know, Mm. use their phone while they're in the car. I think other people are concerned about giving police more reasons to pull you over. So there were, Mm. you know, concerns around these bills on, you know, adding stricter penalties and things like that, or the idea um, of doing this, even though, you know, we've all seen it when we're driving on the highway and someone is just, you know, straight up looking down at their phone and not at the road. So it's incredible because like you said to people in general, I think, you know, we, we all agree it's a bad idea, but they've, they found some common ground here. The Senate acted on these bills for the first time, you know, they didn't act on a similar bill last term, you know, this year they did, they sent them to the floor so they could really see movement. Uh, basically they, require or they prohibit, you know, texting while driving, basically anything like using your hands um, with your phone. So if you have a hands-free device, or if you're just very quickly, you know, like dialing and, um, you know, making a phone call, then, you know, there's some exceptions, but in general, like don't use your phone while you're driving. And it just increases civil penalties for multiple offenses. So just getting pulled over once for this, the penalty is the same, but two or three times, then you can see an increased fine mm. or community service requirement. Uh, you know, police have been asking for this because our current law is old and it's pretty literal. Um, so, you know, when cell phones weren't, you couldn't do everything on your cell phone when this law was passed. So texting while driving seemed to cover that, but essentially you could get pulled over for that and say, well, I was on Facebook or I was emailing, I wasn't texting and then it wouldn't apply to you. Mm. Even though those would probably be maybe even even more dangerous to be on Facebook or scrolling through Instagram while you're driving. Absolutely. So talk to me about the overall mood of the legislature. A lot of lawmakers are going to be campaigning this summer and have some tricky primaries coming up thanks to new district lines. Is there an appetite ahead of the summer break to get some pet projects or bigger items on the governor's desk? Or are they all just sort of in that uh, senioritis stage and focused on getting their pamphlets together to go door to door? No, I think the big, you know, projects that people want to get done are what, you know, we've talked about the last, you know, couple of weeks. The poll challengers bill is texting while driving. You know, these are bills that could hit the governor's desk next week if the legislature, you know, decided that's what they wanted. But in general, you know, I think everyone's ready to get out of there. Like you said, it's, 
you know, next week when they leave, we're going to be a month out from the primary. You know, people are ready to, to get out there and campaign either for themselves or their caucus members. And I think they would like to get the budget done, um, but they also would like to, you know, not be stuck in the Capitol for 12 hours a day, which is why you might only see them meet one day next week. Alethea from Gongwer, thank you again so much for joining me on Mishmash. Thanks for having me, Sheena. Sheena.